You're listening to the Canes Country Podcast with Brett Finger, Justin Lape, and Kyle Morton. This is going to be a somber episode of the podcast, I think. Um, it's going to be sad. Not much good has happened lately. Uh, of course, Justin Lape and Kyle Morton are here. Once again, we have a great guest, and this week it's Liam Goff of CanesCountry.com. He covers local hockey for the site, and he used to run a podcast that covered the Minnesota Wild, but we won't talk about that nearly as much. Uh, Liam, how are you doing tonight? I'm well, thanks for asking. And I like how you say I'm a fun guest and a great guest <laughs> because uh, now the bar is just raised. Yeah. I was really good. I was going to mail this in, actually, we, but now I actually have to really kind of step my game up. We, we set high expectations for our guests, so <laughs> I, I, I believe that you'll hit them. Uh, Justin and Kyle, how are you guys doing? been better um you know it's just it's one of those nights where you kind of realize that that uh this team is the same as all the other ones and all right so much for keeping it positive justin (laughs) wait wait wait. (laughs) it's same as all the other ones as in like good i don't think that that was the message he was trying to put that was not the implication as in, as in previous Canes team. Okay, okay. Um, no, my question is actually, I'm going to go ahead and get a question started off for Liam. Mm-hmm. Liam, you ran a podcast with the Minnesota Wild. How has this podcast been for you? Have you listened? What do you like about it? What do you hate about it? Are we asking I, I to had, the podcast? I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like an oh, in-person re- review. Yeah, you kind of get that for free now. Um, no, it's, it's great. You know, I think uh, a big problem that some – uh, fan run, especially with the, you know, SB Nation blogs can run into is, uh, you know, they kind of get caught up in the fandom and have a hard time looking at something, you know, uh, without bias, <laughs> you know, and they, sometimes SB Nation blogs can have the tendency to almost, uh, you know, make excuses and you guys don't do that. So I'll give you, I'll give you credit ah, there. Look at us. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> The what, real what unfiltered takes here. <laughs> I love how we asked him this before we actually really start the podcast. So if he says something bad, then it's just awkward the rest of the time. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if there's a way to do it, I think the way we do it is is just about perfect. Um, before we move on to to Kane's stuff, uh, Liam, you're covering local hockey. Um, I've read the the pieces that you've written about it so far. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff, um, especially with the the local youth game especially growing so much and I guess hockey as a whole growing so much what kind of drove you to to want to cover that kind of stuff and so far what has that experience been like for you well I grew up in Minnesota um you know kind of just immersed in the game you know up there it it really is so much a, a part of the culture and and I mean, that's even an understatement to tell you the truth. And I get dirty looks when I say this, but I mean, Minnesota is, or hockey rather, is to Minnesota, you know, as is what Duke and UNC basketball is to North Carolina, only Mm -hmm. double it. You forgot a team. Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, (laughs) Wake Forest, just basketball in general. But I mean, it's, I mean, they, in Minnesota, you know, the high school tournament sells out the, the NHL arena, arena, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. And, and when I got down here, um, I really, you know, tried to stay connected, you know, as, as far as playing the game and, and going to Canes games and things like that. Uh, and what I was kind of surprised to find was 
that the talent level there wasn't as drastic of a drop off as maybe as I expected, and that actually kind of translates not just in the beer leagues that I initially ran into it in, but uh, also at the youth level. You know, the, the game is growing down here, and 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 I don't think people really pay attention outside of the small pocket that are aware of it in the area directly. There really are some some high level players, Tyler Weiss. Skylar Brendamore, you know, there, there's there's great players who are coming out of this program because they're playing in a market that is kind of void of any attention except for these these players that used to that came here in the early days of the franchise and are now and then they raise these families and now their kids are have this you know for lack of a better term you know uh, professional gene pool to pull from that they're actually kind of um, really elevating the game around here for sure and that's really interesting yeah i mean i don't think we have to go back very far to to realize that not a lot of names are are kicking it around in in the junior leagues or even making it towards the nhl and you just listed a few that have that have excelled and who was the first round pick of the bruins last year or the year before jake lecision i think yeah he was born yeah curtis decisions yeah yeah that's right yeah, so I mean, just seeing the the development in the area has been a really promising thing. I think for centering it in on on the Hurricanes, where they you know envision not only their organization but the area you know of the triangle where they want to be moving forward. So we have a guest. We have a fourth opinion this week to to talk about what has been an amazing week of hockey for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, <laughs> the bye week happened. We record a podcast last week during the bye week we had peter dewar on we didn't have any games to recap but now we have one good one i thought at least uh with the win at detroit to come off of the bye week a 3-1 win uh the next day they came home and they showed up to play the vegas golden knights barely and they lost five to one did they show up they well did they show up Conflicting reports, I think, so far. On that one. <laughs> uh, some guy's still in the hotel room, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then tonight, when we're recording this Tuesday, they just got defeated by the Pittsburgh Penguins on the road. Uh, Liam, what are your general thoughts about the past week? Well, I mean, you know, the, the running gamut for this franchise over the past five or six seasons is that they – beat the teams that, you know, maybe they're supposed to beat, but they can never beat the teams that, you know, are probably considered better than them. And that's kind of what a good team does to elevate itself. Uh, you know, they, they've had a good track record, you know, just jumping to the Pittsburgh game in particular. They've had a good track record the past few games against Pittsburgh. But, you know, today it almost snowballed them, snowballed on them quickly just with the, the the quick two goals there in the second um there was just defensive breakdowns that you saw with Hannafin pinching and then on his back check he covers the puck carrier instead of the trailing man which obviously leads to a wide open opportunity for uh for the second Pittsburgh goal but then you know back, backtracking you know Vegas no one can scout Vegas because no one's seen these guys play together except for the past 40 some odd games so the fact that they're sneaking up on teams doesn't really shock me. I am shocked at the level that Vegas is able to play in. But to go from the Detroit game three to one, which is a solid victory against, you know, it's a it's an okay Detroit team. They're they're not anywhere near the perennial powerhouse they used to be. Um, 
and then to lay an egg against Vegas the way they did and then lose tonight is just kind of Kane's fashion, you know, the, the past couple of years, you know, mm-hmm. and I think people thought that maybe there'd be a change, but the, the past couple, the, this past week has been sadly kind of just a status quo. Yeah, it was good to get a win against uh, Detroit um, in a, I mean, a game in which the team played well in all three zones. I mean, you had a good showing from Ward, stopping 23 at 24. Um, and then you do the right thing by putting Darling in the next day. And we're still looking for that momentum from him um, into, you know, I, frankly, I think that Bill Peters has managed his goaltenders well so far this year um, with the ups and downs and, you know, the, the back-to-back handling. And uh, I just, I think he has handled it well. Um, and, you know, Darling gets in, he can't stop too many shots, gets pulled pretty quickly. And um, then Ward plays, I mean, an average game through the rest of the uh, night. Um, but it's a big loss. And again, it's, it's one goal and they follow it up with, uh, a performance tonight against Pittsburgh where all they get is some help from Derek Ryan. Um, and I think Ward played well enough again uh, to at least, you know, get a point out of it. Um, but, you know, there's no help on offense. You know, the the secondary scoring is being relied on. I mean, when you when you count over your past two games for Derek Ryan and Jacob Slavin to score goals for you, you're in trouble. And I think that's where this team sits right now. Yeah, hard to disagree. Not enough scoring. Uh, can't get enough saves consistently. Uh, Skinner's still in his slump, I guess you want to call it. Uh, he hasn't had a great year. I mean, normally this is the time of the year he gets it going, but probably got to pick it up soon if this team's going to have any chance because uh, is going to be out the next game. Apparently he might be back after that, coming home after coming back after the All-Star break. It's hard to be optimistic about this team's playoff chances right now uh, with the way the last two games have unfolded. And even in that Detroit game, uh, you know, I think you want to you want to beat that Red Wings team a little more convincingly. Um, it didn't look like the Canes were really outclassing them. It just looked like a game. You know, they just had some things go their way and they won it. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting offseason. I mean, not to look ahead too far because, yeah, it's only January, but um, this will be the first offseason when you know there's a lot of money in the team uh, and a lot of money to change things and try to fix things. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see where that goes, uh, assuming that nothing miraculous happens. Yeah, um, starting with the Detroit game, with them coming off the bye week and you know being on the road, you know I think they delivered the performance that you'd probably expect, and they probably deserve the win. I don't think they brought the house down or anything by any means, uh, but they they were able to win. Ward allowed that short side goal, and things didn't look very good. And then a post was hit by Detroit, and things still didn't look very good. But they they were able to to hold it together. Uh, that last goal by Williams was a huge one. Um, after he couldn't put it in on the breakaway, he instantly he stayed in the play. He he found open ice and was able to one time that shot home from McGinn. The Vegas game was just a, a disappointment. Uh, you can you can point to oh it's the second half of a back to back. You can point to the bye week still playing a factor in things, but I don't think those are factors that result in a 5-1 loss. Uh, Darling got the start. He stopped 5 of 8. Really, two of those goals are pretty tough to pin against him. 
uh, especially that one that deflected off of Stahl in the in the high slot on the penalty kill and found its way past him. Uh, Ward came in, played fine, but at that point, uh, <laughs> after the first period and after they came into the second not looking very great, it was pretty much a done deal. The Pittsburgh loss, it looked great at times. Uh, that first period was mayhem, uh, a lot of it. <laughs> they were lucky, honestly, to, to leave the first period still at 0-0, but Derek Ryan scoring that goal was big, and from there you have to have players that can take advantage of opportunities. Ward was fine. He, I think that first goal he'd probably want back on Simone. Uh, that short side goal, he kind of had his arm tucked in as if he thought he was really close to his short side post, but he wasn't at all. Uh, that has been a recurring theme with him uh, as of late. And you know, blown coverage in front leads to the goal that pretty much ended it with Gensel making it 3-1. to one. Last week, I said 1-1-1. One, one, and one. I think Kyle said 0-3. Oh, and, and Justin, you said 1-2. and two. Is that right? <laughs> no, I said 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Okay. So, we were close. We almost got it. I said a win in Detroit, an overtime or shootout loss in, against Vegas. That didn't happen. And then a loss at Pittsburgh. So, we kind of came close. But... One player hasn't been coming very close this year for the Hurricanes, and that player, who has been so, so talked about recently, is Scott Darling. He was brought in over the offseason. The Hurricanes acquired his rights from Chicago, instantly signed to a 4 by 4.15 deal. Pretty high expectations for him entering the season, and I, I think things looked pretty good early on. He had 9.10 or 9.09 save percentage through... The first month, month and a half of the year, that's definitely a good, a decent start and something that you could build off of. But instead of building off of a decent start, things have really sank back for him in a in a really bad way. So, Justin, through the first four months of the season, uh, what are your thoughts on Darling and where do they go from here? This looks like a pretty bad spot. Well, I think going into this, um, we all kind of foresaw that he was going to struggle in the first few months. I, I think we, we limited him maybe to the first month, first maybe two, um, because, you know, it's a new system. Uh, it's his first time as a starter. So you knew there was going to be some type of learning curve. But as we get into January and he still hasn't figured it out, it starts to worry you a bit. Um, now, I don't think it's to go as drastic as um, some Hurricanes beat writers did. Uh, regarding Darling sending, oh, maybe send him to Charlotte. That'll see if that'll straighten him out. I don't, I don't even know why you would even suggest that. But yeah, I, I think that it's important that Darling finds his footing, um, wh- how the team can help him. But there's also been nights where, you know, he gets registered with a loss, but it's a two to one loss or, you know, a three to one loss. I mean, you can't, if you're not getting that offensive help, the, the losses are going to rack up for Darling. But there's been nights where he's been absolutely atrocious. Having this sit-down talk with, with Peters, I guess, that uh, you know switches things up a little bit and you know he can find that footing. I think the issue with Darling, and I think this is what we're finding out, is that he was kind of in his comfort zone in Chicago. He had the security blanket knowing that he probably only needed to provide 25 to 30 solid starts behind Corey Crawford. Um now, in those starts and in that system, he looked like a goalie who was ready to take the next step. 
Um, now that can be a difficult transition, you know, to be expected to shoulder the load of, you know, 50 to 60 games, which I think is kind of what they're hoping is anywhere probably between 50 and 55 uh, with, with Wardo handing the rest. I think a guy like Darling has proven that he kind of gets better with the more play that he gets. And when the Canes were kind of hanging around the bubble a little bit more, I would say, you know, yeah, go with Ward. He's been the higher goalie. And while Carolina is two points technically out of a tie for the last place in the, in the last wild card, there are also like three wins behind the next, the next team. Um, so they'd lose that tiebreaker. I don't know if this is a playoff team. So I think what you do is I think you try to play darling as much as possible and try to have him work his yips out and then see going forward in this off season, what you need to do, because I think that is a decision you need to make with a gold tender that has a, over a $4 million per year cap hit is if this is a guy you want to carry forward. And is, is this a guy that you think can carry you forward? You know, um, I think we're finding out very quickly that Kane's secondary scoring isn't what it used to be. Uh, their depth, it doesn't match up very well with other teams, NHL's top nines, yet alone the, the top 12. And their defense has taken a step back, uh, both uh, on the offensive side of the puck and the defensive side. And I think great teams are built from the goaltending net out. And I think the only way to know what to do going forward is to really put a lot of time in Darling because are you really going to hinge your bet on Cam Ward for the 2018-19 season? I would, I would think that the answer to that is probably no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. And you shouldn't. Yeah. I think you made a good point about, at this point, it's fair to maybe reset expectations. Given where they are, they are certainly within striking distance of, of being a playoff team. And I don't think the expectation in that locker room or in the front office is going to be, hey, uh, let's let's mail it in. And let me and let, let me be clear. Sure. I I like the Hurricanes. I've been really down on them. <laughs> I want them to make the playoffs. I just want to be clear about that. It just doesn't look that way. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, hand it over to Darling a little bit, or at least depending on what that conversation, like Justin brought up between Bill Peters and Mike Bales and. Scott Darling, whatever, however that went and what they took out of that conversation, if the answer potentially is to give him more time as in go back to him on a routine basis. Um, they did that early in the year and things were okay and then things got a lot worse quickly. And I think that coupled with Cam Ward putting on his annual fun bash in, in December, I think it kind of made sense to go with Ward. Uh, if you were Bill Peters. So I definitely don't fault Bill Peters for much of of all of this. But I think you're at the point where you have four plus million invested in this guy for three more years beyond this year. Now, if you're putting that kind of money into a goalie, you're expecting that goalie to be good. You're expecting that goalie to be an impact. A guy like Liam said who could play 50-ish games and you're hoping for more. So you're investing that kind of time into them and that kind of money, you have to see what you have because you can't enter next season with rocky goaltending. You need an answer out of Darling. Either he's going to be the guy or he's not. And really, I think the worst case scenario comes down to you 
you play him a lot down the stretch and he's still not good. And if he's not good, then look, <laughs> I have a I have a tough time paying a guy four million to be a question mark and having him on your roster to be a question mark. If if he's not good enough, then he's not good enough. Then if that means buy him out, then that means buy him out. I you know, Dunn didn't say he's not gonna burn money, but you have to do something. Or at worst case scenario, you try to see if he works in a backup role and find someone who will be the answer. Because I think ultimately, the Hurricanes don't have an issue when it comes to backup goalies. Cam Ward's been fine in the backup role. I have no problem with Ward this year, really, um, at least in terms of him being a potential backup. But they need to find the guy. They're, and if Darling's not going to be that, then you have to go out and find it. So I, I totally agree with what, with what Liam said with regards to give him games play him like a starter the rest of the year and hope that he can work out of that funk that he's in. If it's a funk, it might just be that he's not good enough for this team or in this team's system, but it's a really difficult situation. Um, Kyle, do you have anything to add? Yeah. I mean, I think that's what should happen is darling should get another run where he's just getting to clear his head and not having to worry about losing playing time. But I mean, I think there's no chance that's what's going to happen. If that makes sense. Like, I mean, Ward is playing better than Darling at this point. I mean, granted, Ward's not really playing well, but um, I think they're going to... I think they see him as playing well, because I, I think I've talked about this before, but they grade Ward on a curve. If, if Ward's playing slightly below average, then they think he's good. If he's playing average, they think he's playing outstanding Vezina Canada hockey. So um, that's just what you see. What you get from Ward right now, it's below average, but... A, it's the best they have. B, they think it's better than it is. So I think they're going to keep going with it. Well, let me ask you guys this then. Is this a hockey team that has a system in which Darling can succeed in? Is it is it not so much a matter of Darling, but is it a matter of the system that this team plays? I wonder because you said, I mean, typically – Darling plays better when he gets a lot of shots. And I think you see that from from what he has done so far this year. And being in the Chicago organization, uh, they're not a team that really, really limits you on shots. Um, they're not a bad defensive team by any means. They wouldn't have won multiple Stanley Cups recently if they had, or if they were a bad defensive system team. But I think there's, there's merit to that. Um, and if... Darling just can't, you know, stay engaged in a game and, and stay on top of his game um, while he's not facing shots, then that's going to be a problem long term because Slavin isn't going anywhere. Pesci isn't going anywhere. Hannafin isn't going anywhere. Uh, the only change that you can make at that point is fire Bill Peters and bring in a coach that runs a different system and has different expectations of their players. But if, you know, you have to choose between a goalie and a coach, at this juncture, I think you pick the coach over the goalie, and you don't, you know, do that type of thing where you get rid of Peters and hope that Darling can be better in a different system. But I think that there's definitely merit to that argument. I'm glad that you said that, though. Now, Bill Peters is a great coach. I think that no one can deny his talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's done a good job of squeezing the most juice uh, out of the Canes as he can with a limited amount of talent, but sometimes coaches just their message ends up getting lost when they're here for a little too long. Mm -hmm. 
And I wonder if that's starting to happen because this team is like, you know, let's take the defense, for example, you know, this defense is supposed to be this great defense, but there's one defenseman in the top 10 in scoring for the team. You know, Justin Falk is having just a complete, I hope it's an albatross, but just an abysmal year. Now, how much of that is the players kind of thinking, you know what, I don't, Think whatever you're doing isn't working. You know, you can drive shot metrics left and right, but if all your shots come from the sidewall the second you cross the blue line, is it really a quality chance? Uh, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, at this point, kind of going with hinging your bets on Darling and starting him, if it came between Bill Peters and Darling, I'd say might as well just go for Darling because betting on Peters the past couple of years hasn't worked. It hasn't paid off yet. Mm-hmm. I, I I, I don't I don't think Bill Peters is a bad coach. I think he could be I think he's an NHL head coach, quality head coach. But I don't think that he's the guy that is gonna take the Carolina Hurricanes into the postseason. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw uh Elliot Freeman's thirty for thirty uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> thirty one thoughts. Thir- oh. Thirty for thirty. Thirty, 30 for thirty. <laughs> what if I told you a Canadian I wish, I wish he'd get a thirty. <laughs> what if I told you there was a Canadian beat writer that had inside scoops? <laughs> no, but a few weeks ago on 31 Thoughts, um, he he had this long dialogue about Tom Dundon. And Tom Dundon apparently really likes Bill Peters. Now, does that mean that Bill Peters is safe? I, I certainly wouldn't hope so. But you know, I think there's a high opinion of Dundon or of Bill Peters in, in Dundon's eyes. And of course, Ron Francis thinks highly of him. He wouldn't have hired him in the first place if he didn't or, or let him stick around through all this if he didn't. But I think there's a strong argument to be made that, you know, thanks, Bill, for, for getting us out of the dungeon. Um, we're going to look somewhere else to, to get the max potential out of this team. I just don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know what the next step is. I mean, it's possible that the roster is not good enough. I think it's clear. Yeah, I think it, it's clear that it isn't. You know, I think the defensemen are quality. I think the the greatest asset the Canes have are the defensemen. Because I think that there's guys who play in your bottom six pair who could easily slide into the top four on on other teams. The issue is that you know, past your top six and even your top six is kind of sketchy. You know, I don't think there's any doubt that Aho and Teravine and Stahl are our top six level forwards, but Jeff Skinner's a top six forward and he's playing 11 minutes a night. I just don't, I don't grasp that, um, that concept. I think he needs to be used more effectively as well. Um, but I, I, I'm not saying it needs to blow up because you don't blow it up, but I, the, the, the lack of willingness to pull a deal for, for a number one center for Kyle Turris, for, uh, Matt Duchesne for Ryan Johansson the past couple of years, uh, I think is starting to come back and bite him. I think that's definitely on the right track. Probably the correct takeaway that, you know, they just don't have. Like Brett and I were talking the other week about how Derek Ryan is kind of like Tyler Bozak light. And in that parallel, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Skinner is Phil Kessel. And, you know, <laughs> everyone, when, when, Kessel got out of Toronto and went to Pittsburgh. Everyone was saying, oh, he's going to play with Crosby and Malkin and score 50 goals. And then he went and played with Benino and was pretty much the same player. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it could be. I think it's probably a situation where you get Skinner a better center and he, he goes, he just starts to do better. But that's not a guarantee. Like, it could be that 
I mean, obviously, the whole thing with Skinner and Ryan isn't working this year, but it did last year. So, I mean, I understand the conundrum. I, I agree with you that the solution is to have some more courage when you're thinking about making a trade and probably just commit to making one at some point to get a legitimate first-line center on this godforsaken team. But, <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, like, what if what if you do that to elevate Skinner and then Skinner's the same player he's been for the last four years? Any first-line center talk should involve Justin Falk. And I, th- I feel Justin Falk is salary that you can get rid of and just the type of player. Um, you have, you know, Slavin, Pesci, Hannafin. I mean, I know, Kyle, you're not completely sold on Flurry yet. You got Bean. I mean, there's there's plenty of depth there. Even Carrick is a guy you can bring up and slot in. McEwen, even. If you're looking for a right-handed guy. McEwen is another one. Um, yeah, it, it, it all comes down to there's pieces there that you can use. But to rely on players like Ryan, Stempniak, McGinn, I mean, there's a lot of dead weight in that bottom half. Um, Doc McGinn has hit 10 posts this year. <laughs> uh, yes. he's, hit, he's hit 10 posts per game, I'm pretty sure. All he does <laughs> I'm is sure. hit the post. <laughs> I'm sure he drives play with the best of them. No, no, I'm serious. He's actually in post this year. He could have at least six more goals easily. Fair enough. Fair he enough. hit one tonight. But he hit one two nights. He hit one tonight. Did you did know. you know he hit one tonight? Did I say it enough times? I mean, he hit one tonight that would have really changed the the outcome of the game, and you can't really blame that on it. Falk hit one in the final stages of the game as well. I'm just saying, there's 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 plenty of tweaks that you can make to the roster yes you don't need a full-scale blob but you know now you have an owner that has more capital you have a pretty stocked cupboard full of prospects even ones that you could slot up next year um but yeah it's it's time to pull the trigger on the first line center you're not going to do it at this deadline but you know maybe adding a complimentary piece that doesn't expire uh at the end of the season you know might pay dividends i pulled up the the hurricane step chart and yeah, if there's one glaring hole on the team, it's that there there isn't a center who can who can carry you um, throughout the course of a game, uh, let alone over the course of a season. Jordan Stahl is going to have his hot streaks, and I think Jordan Stahl, in in terms of what he brings and who he is as a player, he is a first line center, but he's not the first line center that this team needs. I think that. On a team with a legitimate 1C, he's a second-line center. And I love Jordan Stahl. I think he might be the best player on this team, if not close to it. Sebastian Ajo is making a run for his money right now. But Jordan Stahl is a great piece. But after that, you have Victor Rask, and you have Derek Ryan, and you have Marcus Kruger. Um, Kruger hasn't been good. Uh, Derek Ryan, I think, has had a really good year. But is he a top-six quality center over the long term? Nope. Not at all. I think he's better suited in a third-line role. Um, and this is coming from a guy who really likes Derek Ryan, and a lot of other people don't at all. I think the big disappointment has been Victor Rask, in this conversation at least. Um, he hasn't taken the steps forward that he needs to take. And on the wings, you have talent. You have Tara Vinen, you have Skinner, you have Ajo. You have Elias Lindholm, who I, th- I think has been playing very well as of late. He's probably been their best player since the bye week has ended. They absolutely need a 1C and throw every cent possible at John Tavares if you're lucky enough to see him hit the open market. 
yeah, they, they just need that guy. Maybe Natchez is that guy. But again, you're counting on something that you don't know for sure. I think that he's going to be a great player, though. But it's a bunch of what ifs right now. And you have to wait a few years for it, too. He's not yeah, going to step in next yeah. year and take over that first line role. And he shouldn't be expected to. Um, I, I see. Yeah, he might be a top six player. He might even be moved over to wing. But another thing is, you know, you keep preaching playoffs and you know we're done losing and all that stuff so you got to back it up with moves inside the organization that tell your fans hey we mean business you got the owner now let's run with it i'll be surprised if bill peters is coached at the start of the next season i I will be very surprised now that's a hot take i'm getting to the point where i agree with him um a very interesting point in 31 thoughts there is uh, i think it was i don't know a little bit farther down Yes, the 30 for 30 Elliot Friedman edition. <laughs> Jesus. Um, there was a, it says there's whispers out of Chicago that even Joel Quinville might be available at the end of the season if they don't make the playoffs. Oh, Scott Darcy, yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, why not keep up with the... I, yeah. I mean, that would be the best export Chicago we've gotten. Probably. <laughs> exactly. By far. <laughs> I mean, make that happen. But they said he would get... Or he says that his belief is that he would get Mike Babcock type money. Well, hey man, coaches are on the salary That's cap. Someone who has met Mike Babcock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know why Mike Babcock makes that money? Because he wins cups. Bring him in. Pay him. I'll pay him. Does everyone just chip a dollar in? I don't know. <laughs> can we? I'll do it. Can we step Venmo. in and fund me? Like, let's fund yeah. Venmo. Joel. <laughs> Bunch of Bitcoin. Is Bitcoin up or down? I don't know. Bitcoin. Someone needs to mine Bitcoin for us. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know any Bitcoin miners out there? We'll yeah. see. Um, but yeah, it's 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 time. Um, so I mean, that's that's obviously the priority, and it's been the priority for the past two off seasons. But like, come on, this time they got to be serious. Carolina Hurricanes offseason 2018. This time it'll be different. <laughs> hey, hey. we promise. This time for sure. The narrative continues. They're only one or two more players away from being a dark horse. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ready for it? I can't. I can't wait for those articles from Sportsnet and TSN just being like, you know what? Here's my here's my trendy pick this year. <laughs> Look, if you look at even the, the free agency this upcoming offseason, the centers are John, John Tavares, who back up the, the, the dump truck, if you even want a prayer of, of getting him. You have Mikhail Backlund, uh, with yeah. regards to being a 1C, no. I like Backlund, but he's not a 1C. But outside of those two, uh, Tavares and Backlund, you have Joe Thornton, who will never leave San Jose, probably. Henrik Sedin, no. There's just no good options. And, you know, that's just with the unrestricted free agents this offseason. I, I know a trade like this won't be made until the offseason, but you got to get scoring help. I mean, there's there's no way around it. There's decent players available. And with regards to adding talent on the wings, there are players that could come in and help. I mean, everybody's best friend tonight in the Pittsburgh game, Patrick Hornfist, is going to be available. Um, there, there are players, skilled players on the wing. That would that can, be good. That would be good. He scores goals. And yeah, he's Hornquist. spicy. And he, yeah. Yeah. Good on this. I take, I take Hornquist on this team. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In regards to free agency, uh, I actually, I'm writing an article that's going to come up on our wonderful site, canescountry.com. 
um, this coming Monday. And it's just taking a look back at some of the bad contracts that have been given out um, and, you know, some good ones and stuff and just the value of free agency. Um, like Kyle alluded to earlier, you're going to have to bring a dump truck if you're going for John Tavares. But I still think there's a chance he hits free agency. I don't know. I don't know. It's a shot in the dark. Uh, you know, Brett made the big prediction of Vegas being a good team. My prediction is that Tavares hits free agency because I really think it's going to happen. Um, but in regards to that, yes, it is great that Dundon is part of this group and he's he wants to win. But don't get caught up in bad contracts that are going to hurt your core. Your number one priority is re-signing Hannafin, which uh, hopefully is done mid-season so that you can have a clear plan when you go into the summer. But don't get caught up. And I think one of the ones that I've been looking at recently is David Backus. Do you oh, know God. how bad that contract is? That's a terrible contract. Don't end up. Don't end well, up. He's big. Re- don't end <laughs> up reaching on players like Backus, you know, or, you know, maybe overspending for Backlund. And I, I think Backlund's good too, Kyle. But, you know, don't overspend unless it's for, you know, a top player or you're making a trade and getting a bunch of salary in. Um, because yeah, don't end up like David Backus where you're, you have four more years and a no movement clause and, and, you know, 6 million per year to play on the third line. You don't want that. I think that plan to, to go in maybe a little more aggressive towards free agency this year, but don't get caught up in where you're going to have to dump salary in two years. And they have oodles of, of cap room and they're going to have cap room. They're going to be able to spend money. And if they spend it in the right places, I think that there's a really good shot that, they can they can get a lot better sooner rather than later. Um, speaking of things getting better, maybe off the ice, tickets are cheap lately to go attend the Carolina Hurricanes game, and the attendance has has jumped up a little bit because of it. on On Sunday, when the Hurricanes tried to play the Vegas Golden Knights, they had an attendance of fifteen thousand three hundred and three for a for a Sunday game. That was their highest. Sunday attendance since January of 2015, um, a game in which the Hurricanes won 2-1 to one over the Boston Bruins. Anton Hudobin won the game for Carolina, and Patrick Dwyer scored the, the lone goal for the Hurricanes. I have no idea why so many people went to see the 2014-2015 Canes play a game in January on a Sunday. It that was, baffled. It was, I'm, I, I'm sure it was a large portion of Boston Bruin fans, if I was to that- Take a, take a wild guess. Takes on the on the affordability of, of tickets lately. Are you liking what you guys have been seeing with regards to, you know, Dundon stepping in and really giving this whole experience value? Yes, it's a good idea. That's my that's my opinion. <laughs> Justin, you have nothing like to say? Sweet. No, you I'm just saying he's always sweet and to the point, and 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 I just think it's funny. Um, <laughs> No, I just think you're not going to find a better deal out there than $97 for nine games. Just thinking about that, that is insane. Like, and I, I, I like these promotions. I'm all for it. Um, one of the things I brought up in the recent Checkers article was, you know, they had that big 50s night for the Checkers. And I don't know if you saw it, but it sold out. And it, it, they were $1 to $2 ticket prices. Now, you can't do that in this day and age with the NHL without getting looked at wrong. But the, I mean, Dundon is is really starting to make his mark. I think, um, especially with these all these promotions, I think they're great. Um, and 
I saw this whole, you know, he's moving out stuff into the concourse. I haven't been to a game, so I don't know, you know, what that what that's like. But yeah, it's I I, I like it a lot. Um, and you know, hopefully that can keep attendance going, and uh, bring back some of the fans maybe you pushed away, and maybe bring in some new ones. That nine games for ninety seven dollars is highway robbery. I can't believe it. Um, an upper deck ticket for. A Minnesota Wild game is, I kid you not, $80. $80. Like, I mean, I, I can't believe more people wouldn't go for that. <laughs> this has been the Canes Country Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, thank you so much to our guest, Liam Goff. It was great having you here. You had a lot of really good insights. So thank you so much for, for coming on. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it anytime. I'd love to come back uh, you know, to uh, bring down the mood whenever you guys want. <laughs> awesome. So you can follow us all on twitter.com uh you can follow me on twitter at brett finger b-r-e-t-t-f-i-n-g-e-r liam where can the good folks follow you on twitter they can follow me at lc2 that's the number two point the word point and o as in zero lc2.0 what happened to the first lc (laughs) i forgot the password justin mind your business (laughs) (laughs) you can find me at lanky lape on twitter um, I just had a very hot take where I said Drake hasn't put out anything good since nothing was the same, and Kyle was offended. Nothing has been the same since that one. <laughs> Go on, Brett. Me? What do you want me to do? I, I already said my... I said good. What? Oh, I thought you said go on. Sorry. No. This no, is, this no, is, this is good one. <laughs> Kyle, where can people follow you? K underscore... <laughs> you can follow me at K underscore Morton 9. Beautiful. Definitely go check out everything we have going on at canescountry.com. We will be back next week for another fun podcast. Uh, Have a good week, guys. Bye. Have a good one.